It's not, I mean, Tolbert's not like blasting my eardrums out. Check one, two. No, he's like, it's fine. Dude, you just have a very sharp southern accent that just pierces my ear. Welcome to Two Dollar Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Varnum. Joining me today, as always, Big Mike. Yep. Cookie. It's your boy. Toll Bear. We're back, baby. Post brunch. Post brunch. Before we get anything going, we had two weeks off. We had two weeks off of vacation. It was phenomenal. We all got to rest, relax, and and, and actually, it was fucking terrible. It was not awful. This has yeah. been probably uh, the craziest two weeks of my life. And definitely the shittiest two weeks of my life. It, it, it has been awful. Like, it has been just two weeks of one thing after another. Um, you know, we're, we're going to get a little serious here in the next few minutes. But, it, I mean, it, it's, it has not been a great two weeks, and we needed this time for us. And, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it here in a second. But it has been... A hell of a two weeks. Um, first off, one of the funny things that happened this week, I got COVID. <laughs> it's hilarious. And he gave me COVID. <laughs> no, I, I did not give Mike COVID. Mike claims that the reason why Mike found out that he had COVID was because I tested positive. You're a hypochondriac. I'm a hypochondriac. <laughs> I, I should buy stock in Binax now, which is the home uh, COVID <laughs> test. I bought a bunch of those uh, during the pandemic, and every once in a while, I go to sniffle or I'll get a, a little cough, and uh, I test myself uh, regularly. Um, I know all the, the 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 rules and directions by heart now. Swab five times, put it in the thing, drop the the activator in, close it up, wait fifteen minutes, look for the pregnancy test indicator. And if you've got two pink lines, you are positive. If you have only one pink line, you were not positive. So I, I had a we had a rugby game. And, you know, I, during the pandemic, I said to myself, I am not going to play rugby right now because I could get COVID. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, after I got vaccinated and, and when people start, you, you start hearing the, the adage that, uh, you know, you're outside. Everything's fine. You're not going to get COVID <laughs> lies. because you're outside. Lies. You're outside. They're all lies. And I'm like, okay, so that's one reason why I think that I'm not going to get COVID by playing rugby. Another thing, vaccines. I, I'm vaccinated. Not going to get COVID. These two things together mean that I'm invincible when it comes to getting this global pandemic. So we had a, a rugby match a couple of weeks ago, our first rugby match of the season. And I said, we're going to play it. I'm not going to get COVID. Everything's good. I'm, I'm back to normal. We are back to normal here in America. Uh, I started feeling like crap on Tuesday. Tuesday, I tested myself. Uh, nothing negative. I was feeling a little sniffly, a little sore. Nothing much more than that. Um, Thursday morning, still feeling a little shitty, testing myself, and it came up positive. 
And that's when the denial hit. And I said, I'm not positive. Let me take it again. JK. I took it again. Positive again. You spent $24 to, to double check. That yeah, was- double check. I said, you were wrong. You don't get a false result. You were wrong. I started looking up. How, how hard is it to get false, false positives? And then, then I read that, that it is a very complicated, like it is very accurate for finding COVID. finding COVID. Yeah. And so Aaron texts me, Hey man, I just tested positive. And I go, fuck. Well, who were you hanging out with the last five days? I said you, <laughs> I was hanging out with you, Mike. And so I was asymptomatic completely. Uh, it was the day we were supposed to leave for Ohio to go to a <laughs> wedding. And yeah. I'm like, Hey, you know, we're going to be traveling. It's qu- I can get a rapid at work for free. Technically I'm supposed to self-report these kind of things. Right. So like, let me just like scoot downstairs right before I leave and get this test. Super casual about it. Everybody's like, you know, oh, you got to get a test. I'm like, it's fine. My friend's a hypochondriac. It's, it's not a big deal. And uh, and then I, I'm like, go get my hair cut for this wedding. And then <laughs> I'm like, and then, Queen Street Barbershop. <laughs> they've already all been exposed. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, that point, yeah. but yeah, like I get, then I get in my car, start driving home, get, get a fucking call from EOH, the employee occupational health. And like, hey, you tested positive. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So and then, then, I, I didn't feel as bad at that point. And yeah. before that point, I was I was like, fuck Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> fuck them and fuck everybody. Well, let, let me tell you. So then I like go home. I break the news to my wife. I say, hey, we can't go. I'm COVID positive. And she felt fine. The boys felt fine. And we're like, well, then we got to go find a home test kit. And then uh, test made a test positive. So we're like, all right, we'll, well, we're not going to we're not going to go to Ohio. And we're going to be quarantining. Um, it just sucks, man. I was like the first one in my entire like office department to test positive that like uh, significantly affected our like schedule. There is an air of one. And and Jasmine says I've been projected (coughs) because because what the fuck was that cookie? Cookie's got it. Cookie's got it. Uh, So smoking. There has been a an air of like, I'm better than everybody up to this point. (laughs) Because I'm like. Ha ha ha. I'm doing all the right things. I'm so good. I've got my mask on all the time. I'm only hanging out with people outside. Everybody I hang out with vaccinated. Blah, 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 yeah. Blah. And, and I have had this air of just superiority to people that get COVID. And I'm like, but there's something you didn't factor in. Well, and what is that? Scrums. Scrums. <laughs> I, I don't think that scrums have been uh, like studied as much as yeah. they should be. For the folks at home that don't play rugby, uh, scrums are when you bash together with everyone in Basically, the front row. Sixteen guys yeah. get together, bear hug each other, and you breathe in each other's mouths. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can smell the breath of my competitor, but I can tell you, Saturday, uh, if if I would have scrummed the next week, I couldn't smell the breath of anybody because I lost my sense of taste and I lost my sense of smell. Well, I can tell you too. You had Johnson Johnson. I had Pfizer. Man, had Moderna. We all got fucked. So. Yeah, so, <laughs> we are what you call a breakthrough case for each of us. But uh, I will. I will say, none of us were hospitalized. No, none of us died. No, very mild case. I I, I knew that I was like I, I still had like the air of denial. Right when when I was positive and I'm sitting there, I'm like, all I have is like a stuffy nose, and then. Last, I guess it would be two Saturdays ago, Jasmine was cooking bacon and the fire alarm went off and it scared the shit out of me because I could not smell the smoke that was coming out of the kitchen. And I'm like, 
oh my god i have covid like that was <laughs> that was the moment and then my taste started going away and it, i mean it's come back now but like eating food it made me so mad jasmine's sister india is an incredible baker she makes all sorts of like cakes cupcakes everything she's incredible everything's incredibly moist so we i'm so what, glad this is a texture not a taste well I, well it was uh, it was a taste <laughs> it was a taste when i had covid I'll, I'll tell you i we have the best um support group of everybody because i had we had india we had tasha boo everybody was delivering groceries adrian and julie like whenever we needed it people would drop stuff off me, Terry, and Jasmine were all quarantining together, and I'm surprised that she didn't dump me after those 10 days. But uh, India brought us over a delicious, or so I heard, <laughs> carrot cake. And Jasmine, who did not test positive ever, she never got the, vi or the virus. And Jasmine, I was like, babe, can you just describe to me this <laughs> delicious carrot cake? And she's like, oh, oh, the flavors, are everything goes together so well. It's moist. It's, it's delicious. It's the best carrot cake I've ever had. And I'm just like, great, great. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, babe. So, yeah, we, we did a lot of stuff around the house. I was able to do a lot of cleaning, a lot of building of things. I, I have a, a new uh, clean house compared to what we, we have had in the past. But, uh, yeah, that, that is the tragic comedy of my hypochondriacism yeah. being patient zero for our rugby team. I, you know what? And, I, and I'm going to say this. I am not patient zero. I'm a fucking whistleblower. <laughs> I am the person that allowed everybody on this team to know that they had COVID. Fact, I, well, we did it with four or five positives. We had five positives on the team. Yeah. Five. Yeah, you were the whistleblower, though, because I was ace. I was ace. Everybody else was the whole, the whole time. I think the other guys had some slight symptoms. Um, shout out Pfizer there, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I, same thing with Johnson and Johnson. Thank you, Johnson. I take back my fuck you, Johnson and Johnson, because my symptoms were very mild. I didn't have any coughs. I didn't have anything like like too scary. I was anxious as as all get out. You know, I was just anxious for 10 days, but I got to kind of I worked from home. I didn't have any time off. Like it, it ended up being a decent 10 days of, of kind of a reset. But now I'm like, yeah, let's go play some rugby because now I have super, super, antibodies. super antibodies against the COVID virus. Uh, so that is our COVID talk. So Aaron, you, you are now to, uh, shout out to the rest of the boys who are on, on the road to uh, play Fort Bragg. Play today. Fort Bragg, Bragg today. Yes, Cookie. I was just going to say, Aaron, you are now Aaron Snowden because you yeah. are the whistleblower. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I, I will I will be moving to an offshore site. Uh, nobody, I'm going to be using a VPN from here on out on my internet. <laughs> nobody will know who it is because Cape Fear, or what? not Cape Fear, uh, what is it? Carolina Geographic Rugby Union. I was the one to throw it in your face that COVID can also affect rugby players. Yes. Fact. We're too tough. All right, so let's kind of take a shift in, in gears. We have had uh, one of the hardest things that happened, we said it was a very shitty two weeks before this. Um, there was a guy, it, it is one of Tolbert's best friends, passed away. Yeah, we go uh, way back. Uh, way back. And I got to meet this guy. Mike got to meet this guy. Yeah, yeah, Justin, um, 
We got to meet him at Tolbert's bachelor party. This guy pulls up in this big ass red F-150. <laughs> I think it was like a Raptor edition, you know, like yeah, one of those yeah. like badass trucks. And I'm like, all right, that's a nice truck. And it had a big bullet club sign, right? And then <laughs> he comes window. out with, with the villain club, Marty Skrull. He, we didn't know that he was a sex offender at the time. We did not know he was a piece of shit, but he had a, a, an umbrella, Marty Skrull. And I'm like, okay, so this guy... This guy is into indie shit right now, oh, right? Yeah. And so we started talking. And, and I thought that I was going to hate this guy because I thought this guy was going to be the traditional, like, mm, the work rate in this match is not good. <laughs> but it ended up being, like, I bonded with him. He and I had a great time together. We talked about wrestling, a lot of wrestling uh, references throughout the trip. We had a great yeah. time. And um, we kept in contact. Uh, Justin also uh, was in... Tolbert's wedding. So mm -hmm. I got to see him again there. And then we got to have a great time with him at Wrestle Cade last year yes. or two years, two ago. years. Yeah. And we just had a, a really fun time. He's he was also at uh, Charlotte's AEW that we were at mm -hmm. and j just a great dude. And uh, when you told me that that day, it hit me because I'm going through COVID and I'm in my feels. Yeah it hit me like a bat to the chest. You know, it was like one of those things where I'm like, holy shit, that is terrible. And, yeah. I, and I can't imagine how you felt. So it's, it's, it's tough, you know, um, moving forward. He, he left behind a family, you yeah. know, young kids. So yeah. It's just rough. And it's just rough to lose a friend, especially at our age. Our, our friends aren't supposed to be dying right. at this age. Not you know at what all. I mean? and, and even in a global, uh, but, a global pandemic, it, yeah. it had nothing to do yeah. with that. But, I mean, it's just tragic, but, you know, I'm, I'm still grieving. It's been hard to watch wrestling. Um, but, you know, just move forward. I'm trying to be there for his family any way I can, you know, just press forward. And, I, you know, going through this during this time, we've all lost somebody that we love. And, mm -hmm. like, it, not necessarily COVID uh, affecting everybody and, and losing somebody like that. But over the last three years, mortality itself has kind of been thrust into our yeah, face every day. You're seeing a total. You're seeing everything else. But then losing somebody like Justin w was really tough for, for all of us. Yeah, he was a he was a true wrestling fan for sure. Like hardcore him and I um, like I think I posted it on Instagram. Go back to Monday Night Wars and and Sable, Sable Playboy Spreads. Sable's did. <laughs> but that, that was uh <laughs> that was a dude you ran to every, every Tuesday morning yeah. and talked about, you know, what happened the night before, you know, I loved it, man. Um, and, I, and I loved being able to, 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 yeah, we've to been, we've been going through old pictures and stuff, swapping pics back and forth. And, uh, there's one really good one uh, of him and the young bucks and, uh, Adam page before AEW, yeah. like all, all kinds of pictures. But yeah, he was, a he wasn't a, like you said, he wasn't like throwing your face. He wasn't a super indie nerd, but oh man, he watched everything. He would text me all kinds of shit. Did you watch this? Did you watch this? I'm like, no, no, I didn't. I but, remember, uh, I think it was the day that we were leaving, right? We get up early and Justin and I were the only two people that were, were up early and we start like one up in each other on YouTube of for course. the most obscure <laughs> stuff that you could. I'm like, well, have you ever seen Terry Funk get a finger in his butthole by Dusty Rhodes in, in Conway, South Carolina in 2005? He's like, no, but have you ever seen this? I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> so we, we, we had a great time kind of one up in each other and, and having and, and talking wrestling. He was yeah. very knowledgeable. I think one of the last texts I was going, you know, of course, that's what you do. You go through old texts and conversations and stuff. And one of the last texts he sent me was, holy shit, did I just see 
a $2 steak <laughs> sign <laughs> during all, all in. I was like, yes, sir. Yes, you did. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, you know, it, it, it ended up being uh, very sentimental that that yeah. was one of the last things. And that, that, that kind of hit me. Home yeah. Too. But yeah, we had a, it was a, a beautiful service last, uh, <clears throat> last Friday and, you know, friends and family and the, the whole deal. It was, uh, it was very nice and low key. It's just what he would wanted. And, uh, but yeah, we're going to miss him. Uh, Mike, how was your last two weeks? Uh, like I said, worst fucking two weeks <laughs> of my life. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, so what last episode, Elliot had eaten the Tylenol and gone to the, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my went God. Went to the fucking hospital and then, um, set man, I woke up with some heavier COVID symptoms on, on the Saturday. So, you know, you, you, I was telling Torber last night, it's like playing like, all right, do I call EMS Do a driver? Can't just, yeah. can't just ask anybody to come and watch the boys. I, we're I was positive. one of the only people well, that you, so you yeah, so I, I drop her off and they're like, you can't stand. I was like, well, no shit. I got two kids in the car. Um, so she had to kind of go through that, got cleared at the ED. But yeah, at one point I texted her, I'm like, Hey, I have the boys and I'm not trying to like disrupt their schedule. You're the only other person in town <laughs> that <laughs> I know that, that I know is COVID positive. Could you pick her up if you have to? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so we, we did with that. And then, uh, Sunday, I met like, Amanda noticed some things that were wrong and she had to go back to ED. Um, we ended up having a miscarriage, which really yeah. fucking sucked. Um, I think a lot of people don't like, and everybody goes through their, I was kind of telling Tolbert this, everybody who knows somebody who's gone through it. Yeah. Like there's different stages and different kind of timelines for things. And, but I don't think anybody can really appreciate just the physical toll that it goes, that the, the mother goes through yeah. um and it, dude, it's fucking graphic i'm not gonna get into it no but, you don't but uh but yeah it's just real deep and so you know we're the the blessing of the whole thing was we were quarantined we were here we were supposed to be in ohio so thank god we were here with our you know su- support system that we could have and but it just fucking sucked because you know you just watch her go through it just trying to like give her the be, be, let her be able to rest mm-hmm. well and then i'm like dealing with the boys and I can't fucking walk because my back's all broken. And um, yeah, just really, really tough, but you know, we're getting through it. She's visiting family now over in Nashville. So she's having a good time. I'll tell um, you being able to see her last weekend at the yeah. rugby game what, was very good. And Jasmine got to have like spend all the time with her and, and just have one-on-one conversations with her. And, and Jasmine and I were talking and just how, how good it was to be able to talk yeah. to Amanda and be able to kind of, to, to kind of see what she's feeling and, and how, because Amanda is the emotional support of our rugby team. Basically yeah, she, she's, team mom. <laughs> she's the team mom. She's the one bringing us literal uh, like orange slices and shit. She brought them last Saturday. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want an orange slice. I want to vomit. So, <laughs> but she, to have the tables turned, it, it, it was something, you know, it, it, you, you have to be able to, to help her when when she is in need absolutely as well. and and i think it it was doubly hard obviously because you know it was our first time out in public post covid yeah which is kind of emotional for you you're like feel like you're accepted back into society and like you can actually do things and go to the store and do that sort of stuff and then to layer that on top like she she really you know didn't know how she was going to feel um, and I think, you know, she did really well Sorry, and she's going to, it's going to be a process that we're going to continue to get through. Um, but I mean, it is, I think we're comforted by the fact that we did everything we could have and it yeah. just wasn't going to happen. So, 
Um, yeah. But other than that, you know, great two weeks. <laughs> yeah, Cookie. Yeah, say, like, uh, like, did, you a, did you get high? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you play some disc golf, Cookie? <laughs> <laughs> Cookie's like, bro, I'm way too high for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's just deep. I'm Sorry, just like, cookie. damn. This Sorry, deep. Deep. I should have. So, like, Cookies. in retrospect, I should have started. Cookie's <laughs> over here getting high and drinking beer going, fuck me. <laughs> hey, Cookie, guess what? After 30, your life goes to shit. Oh, your friends die. Yeah, I guess so. God. Oh, my God. I just celebrated the birthday last week. <laughs> <laughs> it be close to 30, God damn it. I forgot. Yeah, it was your birthday last week. I'm sorry. So, uh, shit. Uh, how did that go, Cookie? <laughs> it was, uh. It was on a Wednesday, man. It was boring. You know, it was fun, though. It was fun. Like, oh, I went it's out. so tough. Your life's so tough, Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew I was going to get shit no matter what. <laughs> no matter what. No, um, I celebrated the birthday. It was fun. I had a dinner. Um, um, what else? Uh, let's see here. I think, you know, I went to Aspen two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. We you didn't know, get to talk about fest. your Aspen trip. How was that? Aspen Aspen was really cool. I think the coolest thing was that I got to link up with a couple of Cape Fear guys, you know, UNC. Really? Who? Uh, uh, Bowden. No, Bowen, Bob, I don't know. Bowyer. He didn't even know the guys. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, I, can't, I can't pronounce his last name. Bill Bo, Bauer. Oh, Bill Bowyer? Bowyer. Bowyer. I can't pronounce his last name. Aspen. He was, dude, he was playing with uh, some random ass club, the Cardinals. I don't even know who they are. He was drunk as hell when I saw him and he had a black eye. <laughs> Sounds like hell, yeah. And he was like incoherent. CT's going to be listening to this crack. <laughs> dude, it was, who is I was the like, lawyer? Is he older? He's a, he's like the, built like a wrestler. He's older. I, yeah, I know who he is. He, is, yeah, he yeah, always yeah, wears yeah, like yeah. a JMU jacket. Like yeah. he's a JMU guy. What was he doing in That's that? That's what I said. What the Doesn't fuck he come to our games all the time? Sometimes, yeah. Dude, like, and then Brandon Neal. I also like caught up with Brandon Neal while we were up there, played together. So it was pretty cool, man. We got a couple of pictures and whatnot. Um, Aspen was fun, but I got hurt, man. And it's just. How did you get hurt? I injured my knee and my shoulder in the first game. <laughs> By playing real rugby? Good thing, man. Uh, you know, weed's legal in Colorado, man. Get all that CBD. Get some of that weed cream. You rub on, rub on. Actually, Tober, it's funny you say that. I use weed cream on both my shoulder and my knee. <laughs> Does it get you high? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think it does. But so are you are you uh out for how long? Uh I'm probably coming I'm going back next week. I've been out for two weeks. Okay. Yeah, but I'm going back next week. Um other than that, boys, man, you know, grad school's tough, man. It's really fun. Oh no tough. shit. Okay. Yeah. No I shit. Five years of my life in grad school. Thanks. It, ain't, it ain't that thanks, tough. Cookie. Hey, You're listen, like, man. You, all you've had to do is fill out the, the that you've read the syllabus. And yeah. I'm like writing a fucking research paper on how much I fucking hate marks. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't hate all of you. It's just a lot. You hate most of you. You hate about 85 percent of them. So you're, you're in grad school. You're on what? Week three now at this point. It's uh, week four, week four going on week five. And, and so my experience is a little bit different. Because we're on the, uh, what is it? The accelerated online learning program. So all of my classes are packed in seven weeks. So I'm having to get my ass kicked for seven weeks straight and then move on to the next one. You actually have a traditional schedule, correct? No, I actually have a quarter system. What? Yeah, we have a quarter system. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm on a weird ass. I'm on a weird ass quarter system. So we are getting our shit packed in like for eight weeks straight. Yeah. Yeah. 
do you have to do like any more like anatomy and physiology or anything or is it just all, it's all like psychology right it's all, psychology. It's, it's all it's all psychology thankfully like it's a lot of it's discussion based but the field placements like those internships is where it really gets fucking tricky man when you're working with teenagers and stuff like that and they're throwing different things at you. Cookie rides up on a skateboard and he says, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> <laughs> how would you like some marijuana? <laughs> what it do? YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys hear the, the latest uh, album by, uh, I can't think of a, wait, no. who is it? M- MDK? Who is it? MGK? MGK. MGK oh, man. He sure is a. <laughs> He's a hoot. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> No, okay. I will say this really quickly. Like I was, I'm working with the hockey team, and this will be the last thing I'll say. I was, work, I'm working with a hockey team. They're under 14, and uh, <laughs> these kids, dude, with a bunch of white upper middle class hockey. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Living in high scale Colorado, like imagine that. These kids, it's so funny. Like these kids, like this one kid, he's like, yeah, call me G Money, and he is the whitest kid you will ever meet in your fucking life. There are no black kids, right? There is one Hispanic kid, and that's it. Oh my Jeez, god! The rest are white. Their minority quota. <laughs> Dude, that's yeah, better than most hockey. So barely meeting that minority. This was and NASCAR. They, they'd have a camera on the, the Hispanic kid all the time and be like, "We're doing so much to make this sport integrated." <laughs> this this kid is like he's my height and he has a mustache already. And I'm like, Holy <laughs> shit. It's, it's like the mighty ducks, but they're all assholes. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, God damn. Mighty fucks. <laughs> and like, okay. And then this is the last thing. All right. These kids, like they saw me and uh, they automatically like stepped their black game up. Like I could tell because afterwards they all tried to dap me up afterwards. And I'm like, what? What is going on right now? Get your white ass out of here. <laughs> Cookie, uh, uh, get your for the record, have we ever done that around you? I don't think no, so. Right? No, you never done that. No. Right, just making sure. I'm like, I don't think so. we do know that Aaron is black on the inside. I so. am. Yeah, that's what he Facebook is. says. <laughs> that's what fa- Facebook. I, have I and, ever and Derek. Derek and Derek so. thinks so, too. Yeah, Derek was over here last night hanging out. Can I, can I tell you, uh, Cookie, and, yes. and we have a confirmation Last night, Derek was shit-faced, right, at my house because it was his birthday. Derek, Jasmine's father, came over with his, his, his beautiful wife, Paulette, and they were hanging out. Terry was, like, putting his asshole all over him throughout the night, and it was fun. But Jasmine wanted to have, like, a mixology thing um, okay. for Derek. So she wanted to make him some great cocktails and, and have, like, a nice charcuterie board and just a good night. I wasn't able to spend it uh, much with him because I was filming a football game. Mm-hmm. But when I got here, Derek was shit faced <laughs> by the time that I got here. So like I'm, I'm in the aftermath. Right. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're just talking and stuff. And, and we were talking about Thanksgiving and I'm like, well, I'm going to have to leave, you know, after Thanksgiving's over, like, like within that, that weekend, I'm not around. And he's like, what the hell are you doing over Thanksgiving weekend? And I show him the lineup for WrestleCade. We might have Derek Addison going what? with us to WrestleCade this yes. year because he wants to meet Barry fucking Wyndham. <laughs> yes, sir. I was That's like, amazing. Derek's like, I don't give a fuck about anybody else. Barry Wyndham, <laughs> Mike Rotunda, the You're U.S. Right. Express. I am meeting those motherfuckers. So, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, he, he, I, I started reading it off. And if you guys have looked at the, the, the lineup for WrestleCade, it's, it's like that's insane. It's 200 insane. wrestlers, all that you know. And I'm more meet, importantly, I'm going to meet Rob Van Dam. You're going to meet Dan Housen is what you're going <laughs> to meet. dude. That's what very, I'm more excited about. Dan very Dan. evil. Very evil. <laughs> very nice and very evil. Speaking of Dan Housen, one plug before we get to our matches this week. Follow Travis RT. Oh, dude, it's awesome. He is doing uh, Sketchamania this this October, and each day is a bigger banger than the last. He has had some incredible, credible art this uh, already. So what what do we've had? We've had the Bray Wyatt light. We've had uh, Dan Housen, which was Undertaker incredible. Undertaker and Dude Love. Undertaker, Undertaker, Undertaker and Fake Undertaker. And uh, there was like a couple Brother more. Love. Oh, uh, yeah, that was yesterday. Yeah. Britt Baker. Oh, the Britt Baker was the awesome. The Britt Baker was incredible. Oh, and Alistair Black. Malachi Black, sorry. Malachi. Tommy and, Tommy and. Malachi was incredible. So uh, we Mal- every day. Malachi commented, said it was fire. That's right. What That's about right. Spin, the, spin the Wheel, Make the Deal? Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal. Speaking of which, that was at Halloween Havoc. What month are we in? We're in October. The next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to have to, I, I know. All Havoc. You have wanted to do a Gold Dust episode so yes much but yes. we might have to postpone gold dust because it is well, halloween we've got, season we've got we've got havoc we got halloween havocs we've got we haven't talked about misfits and wrestling uh, well we haven't talked about a, a bunch of stuff so it we we, we've spooky. got spooky season upon us right now so we will take a break after this week i believe that bret hart is a good place to pause on and then after that we will get back with our gold dust episode so uh, Byron and Travis, fuck you guys. You guys, you guys did not ruin the podcast. They tried. <laughs> they tried. <laughs> Let's talk about some wrestling. All right. For our first matchup of the evening, Big Mike, you have got one the excellence of execution, Bret Hart against the one, two, three kid. Correct. This is for the WWF Championship Raw, July 11th, 1994, where I, and I believe they're in eastern Pennsylvania, possibly near the Pocono Mountains. We never did get an actual location for this, but I Googled one of the signs that is was on the, the wall. The Pocono, so that's in New York, right? Poconos are in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Eastern PA. Like, okay. Like I said. Okay. Sorry, uh, I was not paying attention. I it does look like they are in a field house, um, not a big stadium or anything like that. Just it looks like a, kind of a typical field house, probably about 10,000 people there. Um, <clears throat> we get one, two, three kid coming out. Clearly looks, you know, he's excited. He's anticipating it. He's ready, but he also looks a little nervous. We get Bret Hart coming out to all the fanfare. That is Bret Hart. A couple baby faces going after it. Owen and. Uh, Nightheart, Nightheart, the anvil come out. Apparently, you know they're beefing a little bit with Brett. Um, they do get escorted out, but but Owen drops some heated, heated um, words for Brett. He called him a scaredy cat. That's right. And uh, as Randy Savage went, oh, oh, those are some harsh words. <laughs> scaredy cat, scaredy cat. We do have Randy Savage and Jim Ross on the. The call, I do. I mean, I really like this team. Uh, they're incredible. Uh, Absolutely they, incredible. They were uh, yeah, they, moving on up in my in my 
stage in my categories of announcers. I think that I, I mentioned it to you before. Jim Ross, I think, was taken aback by some of the things that, that Macho said because Macho was so out there a few times. He, he said some crazy shit. He also said some long winded things. And you can tell when he's getting near the end of his breath. <laughs> <laughs> the cocaine is, is losing its <laughs> the numbing effect on your throat. Um, <laughs> not that I would know. But yeah, no. And so a lot of people um, mentioned that CM Punk's match with Darby Allen was a callback to this match where, you know, you got this like kind of established veteran putting over the the younger guy and how it's two baby faces and how they were able to kind of go and kind of do the match that they had um and and you watch it and you're like yeah no that was definitely a callback to this there's even that one little spot so it opens right up collar elbow um one two three kid does a little arm drag on uh bret hart and he kind of sits there and goes hmm, yeah okay this kid this he, kid might he's got it he's got it, it might be here um and so you know, the the opening is one, two, three, kid kind of throwing what he can at Bret Hart. And Bret Hart's, you know, taking it and he's actually, you know, getting worked a little bit. Um, definitely was providing more than Bret appeared to be expecting. Again, and Bret's, you know, the greatest ever. So he's putting this kid over just to win his mannerisms and is, is kind of how he's going about what he's doing. Um, we get a classic Randy Savage line. Uh, I, I can't do it in his voice because my throat already hurts from just doing a little bit. <laughs> he, he said that they both belong to the mutual admiration society of respect for each other. I don't think that's a real society. I, I tried Googling. It didn't work. No, no, um, no. but you know, and, and then he calls back to his line. He's like, you know, mutual respect, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's like, I've already moved on. From that. <laughs> um, uh, not to keep talking about Randy Savage, but Jim asked Randy if, if that's the last they've seen of Owen and um, Jim and Randy goes, I don't know. How's that for a direct answer? <laughs> <laughs> and he, but he yells at Jim when he says it. And I like, don't know. I don't know, Jim. How's that for a direct answer? And Jim's just like, fuck. Uh, all right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but sometimes you just don't know. You don't. It's Especially like, with professional wrestling, when anything can happen. Exactly. Um, things are starting to pick up a little bit. Brett is definitely kind of taking the upper hand, getting a little bit more offense. And Bret Hart throws probably one, one of the best European uppercuts I, in the game. Can it, so uh, Dax Harwood uh, yeah. posted a bunch of Brett because Dax Harwood's favorite wrestler of all time, much like CM Punk, is... Brett the Hitman Hart. He uh, it, it's pretty fun. Dax has got all of these like drawings that he did as a kid of Brett the Hitman Hart. He idolized this guy, and now they're friends. How, how yeah, crazy is that? that that's right? pretty fucking cool. But yeah, I mean, it's Brett, it's Dax, and it's Cesaro, right? On these European uppercuts, and they, I don't know how they do it without hurting somebody. I you, I believe that they may have knocked uh, Seamus's jaw a little bit. I think. Well, well Seamus also broke. Cash's job. Well, no, 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 no. Cesaro did, right? So, no, no. So Seamus was the reason why he was doing a, a, a lifter, a European uppercut on Seamus, and Seamus took it wrong, and that's why he tore his bicep. Oh, okay. I knew there was a little yeah, thing yeah. there. Um, but anyway, bet, best European uppercut in the game, and one, two, three, kid is just eating these things. Um, at one point, Brett does an Irish whip in the ropes and knees him in the gut, Hits some freaking power slams. And then we get the hardest Irish whip into the corner post I think I've ever seen. It was incredible. I mean, Brett 
didn't do much. And then the one, two, three kid just literally assassinated himself on the, the corner post. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Darby and CM Punk also called back to a very similar spot. I, to that I think during so. The match. Yeah. I mean, it's really just about the, the guy taking it. Right? right. And he just and Darby is stupid enough. To... Exactly. And but it went it went full on. And this is like classic. I like this style of ring. There's nothing in the center. Those are real ropes, red, red white and blue ropes. Blue posts, nothing stupid, no animatronics, no LEDs, no nothing. It's just very clean and basic. And you hear it rattle. You see the ropes all just start jiggling up and down and like literally takes your breath away just watching it. Um, but guess what? One, two, three kids is not giving up. Resilient. Uh, at one point, um, Brett had three near falls. One, two, three kid had two near falls. Um. And eventually, Brett reverses the one, two, three kid went for kind of like a crossbody or something like that. And Brett reverses it into a back body drop, um, gets him into a pin. One, two kids foot gets on the rope three. Um, and Earl Hebner didn't see it. And so they count it out. They play his music. They do all this sort of stuff. And Brett being the ultimate baby face that he is, is like, nah, no, no, no. I can't win like that. I'm not going to win like that. They send another ref out. They restart the match during commercial break. Why during commercial break without pitcher and pitcher? I don't know, but maybe they had it. (laughs) You never know. So uh, anyway, fast forward match restarts. One, two, three kid again is getting the upper hand. And I, I wrote down like he is, he does the right amount of flippy stuff for me. I love one, two, three. It's, it's not over the top. It, Stuff with purpose, all this sort of thing. And at one point, you know, he hits throughout the match. He hits a couple flush reverse kicks, um, like a jumping heel kick. Um, and then we get this beautiful series where he hits a like a jumping heel kick. He whips Brett into the corner, <clears throat> hits him with this dirty, dirty drop kick. Oh, my God. It looks so good. Um, he th- throws Brett over the top. He hits a sunset. Um gets him back in and then uh, he goes for a moon salt and misses. And that's kind of where it starts. Brett starts kind of getting the upper hand again. Brett hits a bulldog all the way from the Calgary stampede. That's right. Um, eventually Brett locks in or blocks a drop kick again, kind of a beautiful move set. Uh, yeah. Kid goes for a drop kick off the top rope. Brett blocks it and immediately hits the sharpshooter. One, two, three taps out. Great match. And I great speed, great everything, man. I have mentioned this before. I never. So I was kind of along the lines of every other Mark who's like, "Mm, Sean Waltman's got go home heat, X-Pac heat, they call it. People don't like to see X-Pac, but the more I see him, the more like the later me as a viewer now can appreciate the little things that he does to make matches look better than they are. Um, Brett, no wasted movement. He's no. an incredible, incredible working machine. And like, you can slow it down while actually working. Like you don't have to like get thrown out of the ring and like walk around the ring or how many tope suicidas did he do? Zero. That's right. And that's why I like, I hate that move. Um, and it's just, it was just great. There don't was, laugh cookie. There was two, there was, there was two, <laughs> one, one or two things outside the ring. Like that was it. Yeah. Everything else is back in the ring. Um, like I said, the kid doing flippy, kicky shit, but like with purpose 
and you're, you're not, they're not working to a spot kind of thing. I don't know. I just like that style of wrestling. Oh, you, you, you mentioned going outside the ring. George South, when he trains people, gets irate if you take the match outside the ring without it needing to go outside the ring. George South is like, it, it, you can't win inside outside the ring. This ain't a false count anywhere. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes total sense. Uh, great match. Did not feel like 22 minutes while watching it. Um, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. It's fucking Bret Hart. Hits and there. shits. My toilet paper hit. Very good. Yeah. Marion's got some really nice toilet paper. Very yeah. nice toilet paper. And Jasmine tried to get me to buy this recycled stuff. That's like, who gives a crap toilet paper? And I'm like, I don't want to be wiping my ass with, with that stuff. I like to spend a little bit more money and get something that makes my asshole feel Especially good. Especially after a Southern Benedict. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Cookie. Uh, I'm going to agree with you, Aaron. I've tried to recycle stuff. It's ass. Thank Don't you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I am going to Terrible. clip this and send it to Jasmine right now. We are Literally. never doing that recycled stuff. The bear. What, what's the there's, bear? There's Charmin? a couple, couple things Charmin. you need to spend money on and toilet paper should be one of them. I, I, I think paper towels are another one, too. Yeah. You get what those, you those are my two. Those you are my you two. don't need to finger your butthole by, by breaking through the paper. Like, no. you want some good. <laughs> no. All right. I mean, some people might, but no. Hey, shout out social media. 178 followers on Instagram. 258 on Twitter. Moving on up. Moving on up. We we, have, we, we've, we've done like zero tweeting or Instagram. Uh, I, I did Aaron, Aaron mentioned something. a Golden Corral. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking shit. That Golden Corral commercial. These people get a full plate of food. And they put the ice cream sundae with the food. It's going to melt by the time I, you're done with I, the chicken. I will say one of our tweets, which Aaron did, I thought was great because in the meantime, Dynamite did have a couple bangers during the last two weeks. The Arn Anderson Glock reference was amazing. And so Aaron tweeted out that the greatest promos ever were Steve Austin's 95, Dusty Rhodes' Hard Times in 85, Cactus Jack's. Kane, Kane Dewey, Dewey 95, Terry, Terry Funk's Forever in 83, and then Arn Anderson, I pull out my Glock 2021. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Cookie, uh, when, when you heard that, uh, were you as shocked as we were? Because I think that was on your birthday. Yes, I said, I said, God damn, Arn. <laughs> I think we all did. He's just old and grumpy now. He doesn't have time for this shit. He'll just shoot you. I, so Jasmine was in the shower at the time, and I'm watching. I'm like, what the fuck? I like screaming out loud. Jasmine's like, what's happening? Is Terry okay? And I'm like, Arn Anderson just said he was going to kill somebody. Not just like, kill them. Spread their brains all over the concrete. Spread their brains all over the concrete. God damn. <laughs> All right, man. That's uh, that's, uh, that's you, you, talk, you, you talk about you talk about things that you didn't expect to hear at like nine o'clock on a Wednesday night, and I think that's one of them. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Capital incredible. murder. Love that's it. like the first time you actually see your dad get mad as a child, <laughs> and it scares the shit out of you because you've never seen him get mad before. <laughs> so my dad is a murderer. Like before, dad uh, started taking care of me, he probably killed somebody. <laughs> Bam, bam. All right, Cookie. Uh, Cookie, you have got the strong style this week. You have got one Brett the Hitman Hart against Bam Bam Bigelow. Yes, the beast from the east. Guys, you know, I have... Uh, a fascination with big men, you know, that bump me. Right, know right. And uh, Bam Bam is one of those guys. I've always had love for Bam Bam ever since Major Pain, 1994, whenever th- that movie came out. 
<laughs> y'all said he was in that movie. He was that What's bad that? guy. They hire him. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He's a biker. They hire him to get rid of yeah. major pain. And uh, you see that fucking that tattoo on the top of his skull. I'm like, that is a bad motherfucker. So I've always loved Bam Bam Bigelow, man. Um, this is King of the Ring, though. How fitting is it that I get a King of the Ring match on the week that King of the Ring comes back in the Queen's Crown or whatever the I hell? I forgot that, thing that is it, it, it it was coming back. Well, did you see the opening stuff of the Queen's Crown? No. It's like the first two matches total was like three and a half minutes of wrestling. Oh, and Roman Reigns' Roman Reigns entrance is like five and a half. All right, there you go. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, I say all that because those uh, King of the Ring used to be my favorite tournament. So Mine, too. It, like, I used to love King of the Ring. This is, I just love tournaments, I think. Anyway, uh, Bret you Hart. Know, King Booker was probably the greatest gimmick of the 2000, oh, <laughs> the mid-2000s. King Booker definitely was one of the best gimmicks. I mean, you got Booker with this fucking... Booker is... I, you know, never, mind, never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Wait, go ahead. <laughs> what, what were you going to say? Booker... Is black. He, you know, he has a black, a black man's accent, and you get that that uh, him trying to do like just a terrible British accent. There's just something funny about that. Oh, it was incredible when Crime Time stole from him, and he 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 went full like. Oh hell no! Oh hell no! <laughs> Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss for Booker man. But uh, so Bret Hart has to go through. He, he's had to go through Razor Ramon and Mr. Perfect already to get to the finals, which were two classic matches in itself. Two amazing matches leading up to this. one. Oh, I, we're going to have to save those for the archives because I want those absolutely incredible. The, the, the Mr. Perfect match is incredible. And the Razor Ramon, very underrated match. Really? OK. And well, I don't know who Bam Bam had to go through, but he had a buy in his first match or his second match. Right. Um. So apparently he's fresh as a daisy, yes. as Gene Okerlund liked to say. Uh, and Bam Bam's promo right before it, where he's like, fresh as a daisy, I'm going to go win the King of the Ring. It's just like, it's just so intense. It's so early 90s wrestling. I loved it, man. Um, and this is the first King of the Ring. This is the very first one. Right. Um, you know, the first thing I thought when I saw this video, 26 minutes, I was like, does Bam Bam have 26 minutes in him? And I know that's fucked up. But, <laughs> but it's a good question. He's a big boy. He's a very big boy, and he's going against the excellence of execution. So I'm like, is is Brett just going to work him the entire time? And you kind of get like the complete opposite, and it's it fits the story. Um, but you got Macho Man on commentary. Is this a Macho Man episode? Uh, it should be. It. He's not a part of the Bret Hart uh, Gold Dust match, which which we are finishing up on. But he should have been Macho Man and Earl Hedner. Yeah, yes, yes, one hundred percent. But let's go ahead and get to the countdown. Cookies top four, number one. Number one has to go to Bam Bam, Press Slam, and Bret Hart to the outside of the ring. I mean, props to Bret for taking that bump because I don't know if I want that smoke being thrown <laughs> outside the fucking ring by Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, let's go to the second one. Cookies number two. <laughs> All right, Godspeed to the man in the front row who's behind that barricade when Bam Bam crashed into it because that's how you lose a toe. That is how, yeah. like, It was terrifying. Like, the, the barricade broke, and that you could tell Bam Bam, like, turned around and asked that guy if he was all right. Because yeah, you okay? <laughs> uh, quick aside, did anybody notice the child that almost got decapitated when, when uh, 
during the uh, casino ladder match on on uh, yes. Wednesday night, where the kid yes. was they're holding the kid up, and John Moxley takes a bump right into the like <laughs> the kid, and the kid's like, "I'm never going to a wrestling match ever again." Yes, yes. I was terrified for him. <laughs> oh man, number three. Why the fuck is Bret Hart doing flippy shit? Because Bam Bam Bigelow. It only has a smidge of that in him. A cross body to the outside? Like, it's borderline a tope suicida. It's not. It's not. What is It would dare never. <laughs> he was waiting to say that the whole time. As soon as Mike <laughs> said that. That's why his eyes. That's why his eyes were. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly why. Because I was like, Bret Hart's doing flippy shit. What is going on right now? <laughs> no, but, um just fists for, for no, Bret Hart. It, hey, man. Hey, I respect it, though. This is honestly like I never knew where I stood with Bret Hart. Why? I never knew where I stood because as, kid, <laughs> because as a kid, I, I didn't really like technical wrestling. Like I like I did, but I didn't like Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle were the technical guys. Right. When, my, when I was coming up and that shit was boring to me. And also by the time that you were probably watching wrestling. He had already like finished his career. The Goldberg yes. thing had happened and yes. Brett was no longer wrestling. And he was oh. probably in, in those first 10 years were very bitter 10 years from Brett Hart. He was always bitching about people, yeah. but a lot of it was, you know, founded like on truths. He was just kind of angry that his career got cut so short. It did. No, it definitely did. Like looking back, I have like gone back and watched Bret Hart matches, and I love him now because, like you said, he has a motor on in him that just does not stop. No wasted movements. I love the the uh, figure four lock, like around the ring post and stuff like that. Like he has innovative moves. He just is a slower wrestler. That's all. But he's a great wrestler. And real side, real quick side note. His WCW run, I've been watching it. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, it's awful. It's absolutely, they didn't know what to do. And another quick side note. So I remember as a kid, um, I was watching, so A&E had a produced documentary about Bret Hart called Wrestling with Shadows. And like the first hours is kind of like Bret, like growing up and like, it's a lot of backstage stuff of him kind of like getting pissy with Sean, but nothing too crazy. And then they were filming this documentary during the Montreal Screwjob. Mm. And they see the like, like they were allowed access to see Bret Hart, Hakalugi on, <laughs> on Vince McMahon's face. They follow him backstage after this whole thing. But I remember watching this and being so fascinated with Bret as a person because of this documentary and, and just all the things that it, it kind of showed. Like his, his childhood was fucked up in a weird way. He had a huge family but his dad was beating people's asses yeah, in dude. the dungeon and people yeah. were screaming all the time. There, there's cats everywhere. A fucking bear. They yeah. A fucking bear. Oh, yeah. A bear <laughs> underneath crazy the life. <laughs> it was like a circus life. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't make he any grew sense. Up like a circus, like uh, acrobat or something, you know, but not not traveling as much. Yes. Yes, exactly. That is the craziest thing, man. But. Um, I'm gonna go to my honorable mentions because uh, my first one's going to Bam Bam because he does a diving headbutt, he does a regular headbutt, he's whooping Brett's ass with one move for probably 10 minutes, but it's believable because it's Bam Bam fucking Bigelow, you know. Um, and Bam Bam really takes the lead on this match for like a solid 15 minutes, like a 10 to 15 minutes. He is just beating Brett's ass, like Brett is not getting a lot of offense in. Um, 
one of the things that I saw, man, very few people can utilize the bear hug like like Bam Bam can. And he makes it look legit. Like I totally bought Bam Bam's bear hug because, you know, he's a hefty boy. Um, and he's built like a fucking refrigerator. So yeah. I, I built, uh, you know, I definitely bought it. Irony is um, he wrestled the refrigerator Perry at WrestleMania. <laughs> very true. And he put over the fridge, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he did the favors for him. Well, no, no, it wasn't the fridge. It was maybe it was. Also, LT. No, he wrestled LT is what he did. And he put over LT. Oh, it was LT. But he someone fought the fridge. Yeah, I, 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 no, so fridge may have been in like a, a Royal Rumble, I think. Oh, they saved LT for the Super or Super Bowl <laughs> for WrestleMania. Um, Real quick, how about the story being told in this match, man? Brent, the underdog, just getting his ass kicked for like 20 minutes, head butts, bear hugs, dev, diving head butts. Backbreakers like Bam is really working that back, you know, and he's and he's working ahead and he's working the back, and we get a we get a spot right in the middle of it where it looks like Bam Bam is gonna win that King of the Ring. He hits a diving headbutt, and they count one, two, three, and then that damn Earl Habner comes in. Mm-mm. It was Earl Habner. And I'm, I'm gonna blame Luna Vachon too, real quick, because Luna Vachon randomly comes out. I, I they, were they in the faction, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So time? Luna and Bam Bam were together. That's I, I thought, like, as a child, I, I had a very graphic idea of, like, the lovemaking that they, like, lots of screaming oh, and God. tattoos oh, and angry things, and I was terrified of Luna. Luna terrified me as a child. Dude, like, I was going to ask you, what is your stance on Luna Vachon? That was literally I, a side note. I so I you. love her as a character. I think she's incredible. She's a great worker. She was kind of before her time. And she kind of goes in there with the Sister Sherry era where it's like they're not really putting on matches as much. It's yeah. right before like Alundra Blaze and like Bull Nakano kind of come in and kind of legitimize, legitimize <laughs> the women's division and make it into something that's more competitive. But I think Luna's yeah. incredible. She, she's such a fun character. And she is technically a second generation wrestler, third generation wrestler. Is she? Who's it? like yeah, Mad so Dog? Was the Bashan family, Mad Dog. Uh, like I believe they adopted her as a child, so they raised oh. her as. So they're not necessarily blood relatives, but she was adopted by this family and kind of brought into the Bashan family. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. She was Man. also a uh, eighteen, like a truck driver for a little bit after her wrestling career was over. She drove a truck and. She she just has a, a, a very interesting story, which we will see on next week's Dark Side of the Ring, I believe. I can't wait for that episode, by the way, because I've always wondered, like, who the fuck she was. Because as a kid, she was the oddities. Like, that's yeah. how I remember her. Yeah. You know, she's shaved head with the tattoos yes. on the side. And you see pictures of her like before she shaved her head. It was kind of a cool storyline. Kevin Sullivan pulled her into and like turned her into like a demon worshiping like mm. goddess thing. But like before, she has a beautiful head of hair. She's a very pretty woman. Her, her makeup's not crazy. She doesn't talk like she smoked a pack of cigarettes uh, uh, um, in an hour. Uh, so she is very interesting, and I'm, and I'm very excited to see that dark side of the ring. And speaking of the dark side of the ring real quick, is it me or does like Bam Bam Bigelow look like he should have been in Johnny K-9's place? Yeah. Like he yeah. could just switch places? That like, is, just- we, we will talk about that later. I think I want to watch some Johnny Canine stuff in the future. Uh, I've heard a lot of Jim Cornette talk about him. So. Same, same. Uh, I'll go ahead and finish up, though. But uh, 
Earl Habner, Luna Vachon cost Bam Bam his King of the Ring crown uh, because they ended up, they didn't reverse the decision. They, uh, I forget who's the Finkel. Was it Finkel? Yeah, Howard Finkel. Finkel. Howard Finkel screwed up and he said, we're going to reverse the decision. They call it back and they said the match is actually going to carry on. Um, and then it, it does carry on and well, you know what? I'll just go ahead and do number four. Let's just do that. Number four. So the match does end up uh, carrying on. And, you know, how fitting is it that Bret Hart wins this match with a victory roll? Like, I feel like that was that was the way it should have gone down, you know? And, and like, I'm, Bret Hart took so much damage. Like, he was thrown into those turnbuckle posts so many different times. And, like, you could just see the ropes jiggling every single time. Brett sold his ass off in this match, man. Um, but he he ends up winning with a victory roll. The new king of the ring, the very first king of the ring, is Brett the Hitman Hart. He goes up to the podium. He get he puts on that god awful robe. He he gets his set there. He gets his crown. Uh, Gene Okerlund crowns him as the king of the ring. And then who comes out? But Burger King. Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> that was another one that we forgot to talk about in Sketchermania. Oh, Jerry Lawler. Good old Jerry Lawler. Um, Jerry Lawler comes out. He basically bashes uh, Bret Hart. He said there's only room for one king, one true king in the WWF, and that is Jerry the King Lawler. And Bret Hart's rebuttal is, you are no king. You know what you are? You are the Burger King. <laughs> one of the greatest chants that I've ever heard in my life. And that Burger King chant just it, it rang out in that building, man. Um, the, the King of the Ring is is the genesis of many incredible uh, things. You know, you you've got Austin three sixteen coming from uh, a King of the Ring in a couple years, and then you've yeah. got Burger King, the greatest taunt of all time. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, of course. Uh, Brett gets his ass whooped for that. Uh, Jerry Lawler beats his ass, leaves him laying down the stairs, like just sprawled out on the stairs, knocked out, man. This was a great match. You know, kudos for Brett for making Bam Bam shine. It really made him look good. Uh, I don't think the win buried Bam Bam, you know, but your new King of the Ring, Brett the Hitman Hart. And uh, all together, I'd probably give this five cookies. There like you go. Five cookies. Great match. So we've had two bangers so far. And I believe we've got one more match to go. It's a third banger. A third <laughs> banger. The Bang Brothers today on, on $2 Stick. For the uh, the high spot, I was going to call you the high style. Uh, <laughs> a, a mixture of mixture. strong style and high spot. Uh, and, and it kind of is, it is more of a high style match because it, there, it's less high spot and more. Uh, it, it's a good wrestling match. This one's a little stiff. This one's a little stiff. I don't know if old Goldie had a conversation with Rhett back there before uh, beforehand. Just hit me. And at this point, he's probably on all the like pain pill, oh, kill, killers at this so. point. So you have got Gold Dust against Brett the Hitman. Yes. We start off with uh, uh, heel 
hitman. Yes. So he uh, he hates America. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this always, one's... We all. <laughs> I believe that that would actually get over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there, there were in Madison Square Garden. We're in New York. So a lot of Canadians there. You know, it's, it's not far. <laughs> a lot of flags. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he cuts a promo, man. He, he looks, he's just, I, I love heel Bret Hart, man. He's kind of like, I don't know. I watched a lot of it. He's, he's so cool and badass. I, and... I will tell you, I was a part. I was like, why is he doing this? <laughs> yeah, he hurt, he's hurting me. Yeah, he's kind of like the, the dad from Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just shows up and wrecks shit and leaves. Can, can I can I make one aside to Angels in the Outfield? Yeah. One thing that always stuck with me is there, there's a player like he's talking to the Angels, right? Oh, no, like the kid is talking to the angels and one of the angels says, oh, he'll be one of us soon. And like, he's talking about that, the old player on yeah. the team. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Damn, now that like, so, like this guy's going to die soon. Revisit that movie as an adult, man. It's, it's a lot darker. Than you, My mom uh, took me to the theater. Than you remember yeah. beside the independent mall. <laughs> go see that. <laughs> Love that movie. But anyway, here we are, Brett, you know, cuts a promo it, it's brilliant you know he's saying you know he's got the gold around his waist as well he is a current champion and he's saying he's not afraid of Shawn michaels he's not afraid of the undertaker uh which he'll have to face the winner between the two in the upcoming survivor series but he's saying he's not afraid of anybody man he is the champ he'll take any challenger whatsoever bring it on well apparently this night he has to face gold dust for some reason for a non-title match uh, Gold Dust is a little angry because Brian Pillman ran off with his wife Marlena. Mm, we don't God, know. God knows what they're doing. God oh, knows God. what they're doing. But for real though, God knows <laughs> what they are doing. Whoa. <laughs> oh Jesus! And uh, King is on commentary. He cannot let this go. He makes many, many comments. Jesus Christ! Uh, can we cancel uh, Jerry the King Lawler from 1997 <laughs> until? I mean, if they're managing to cancel Ric Flair, we could probably cancel Lawler. <laughs> yes, Cookie. I, I was just thinking about it I because I watched Tober's match right before I got on. And I was like, King should have been canceled probably back in 1997. Yeah. yeah. And all I could think was Brock Lesnar is going to show him uh, or show her his penis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> she's going to know something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus that, Christ. That's where we're at. And uh, yeah, so this is early gold dust. Uh, Dusty actually has like the split face like he rocks now. Yeah. It, it, um, and and I, we, we mentioned that it very much looks a lot like his current his character. current character. Yeah, for sure. Other than he's just not as thick now. Yeah, well, he, he wasn't too no, fat. He, in he this. wasn't fat, he's but he's a big thick. boy. Because yeah, he, he gets fat. No, he gets boy. fat. Oh, he gets fat. <laughs> in this, in this match, he's <laughs> Go just get fat. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> I believe he also does gonna... the artist formerly known as Gold Dust, and that's Fat Gold Dust. Oh, are we going to do a Fat Gold Dust? Can match? we do a seven <laughs> when he goes to WCW? Isn't that just one? Oh, yeah. that and so then there's uh, what, what was uh, when he was hanging out with Relic, uh, which uh, is killer what? spelled backwards. I just want to make sure uh, you in, said in that, that era of Gold Dust, Black Rain maybe so was that his name? Black Rain. His name thank was Black you, Rain. thank you, TNA Cookie over here. <laughs> so many layers to the man that has Gold Dust. That's why I'm going to devote an episode to it. We have to do because, like, his Dustin years when he yeah. was American Dream, Dustin Rhodes, yeah, incredible. He had he had a feud with. Uh, we we had one of Mike's favorite matches with him tagging up with Art Anderson, and Art oh, Anderson yeah. turns on him in the end. Yeah, and then yeah. then then it just goes from there. He's an incredible guy. 
uh, gets kicked out for blading in WCW, <laughs> goes to WWF, completely turns the American dream into a homoerotic, uh, like, uh, yeah, a homo baiting yeah. somebody that, that that is a heel because he is androgynous and, and homoerotic. And it becomes this character that every dad is like, I, I don't like, I don't, I don't know, like man. that person. Dude, everyone hated him growing up. Like, man, of course, they, you know, what? You know, like gold man, and all that man. And, and then he becomes one of the funniest characters with the stutter. Yeah, when he gets electrocuted yeah. and all that stuff, and then he's just got such an interesting time. Got kicked out multiple times from the WWF for doing drugs and popping positive. Going to the Indies, we got to see the match with Dustin against uh, somebody Sammy. on the Indies that that was that could, Tolbert got to watch at one point. Uh-huh. Oh, against Sabu. Yeah, Sabu. <laughs> against Sabu. Does it. Yeah. Sabu. In the middle of like a fairground. <laughs> yeah. And now he's he put on one of the best matches of the past 30 years against his brother in AEW. Yeah. So what a man. storied career. Yeah, but no matter how weird it got, man, when he's in the ring, he fucking works. Yeah. Dude. Like, and I don't know if just Brett has a lot of respect for him or what. Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah. He didn't because, like the character. Yeah, but you can tell Brett does have that respect for him because Goldust slaps the shit out of Brett in this match a couple times. Like, it just, you can just hear the latex echo <laughs> off his <laughs> face when he slaps him, man. And he, he really doesn't reciprocate too much. He lets it do it. He makes him look very good. Like you said, he, he works or Brett works constantly and makes the other guy look so much better just by him being in the ring and the way he sells and takes things. But man, this is a reason I love Brett Hart. I mentioned he just always looked like a badass. You know, I just love him in the ring, man. He just looks like pissed, man. He, he's at work. He, he's whooping ass, man. And he's Serious. there to do a job, man. And he's not going to waste time doing it. So he starts going in on gold dust. Then out of nowhere, fucking Shawn Michaels pops up. What a bitch. <laughs> like to, I guess, try to distract him. And you can actually see the hate <laughs> in, in Brett's eyes for Shawn because he sees him and you just see him go like, motherfucker. And, and you know <laughs> like, what I mean? I, I was kind of putting two to two together. I think this may have been, was this right before the Sunny Days promo where he was talking shit that Brett was, uh, was screwing Sunny in the back <laughs> and like it ended up being like a thing and like, I'm pretty sure it was 97. It was right at the time where Brett went from not liking the guy to nuclear (laughs) hating the guy. So uh, Sean is intercontinental champion at the moment, which he has taken from Goldust. So I think he's out there to taunt both of them, essentially, you know, but um, I think he just really wants a shot at Brett. And uh, but Brett is like, you know, fuck you, man. I'm going to carry on. (laughs) Sean actually stays out there for the rest of the match. Just kind of dancing around. At one point, someone throws a bottle at him. Good. (laughs) Good. He's a piece of shit. Good. (laughs) And he dodges it. But you actually see security, you know, getting riled up in the crowd because people are throwing shit at him. And this is the time when Sean was a literal piece of like he he (laughs) was a turd. He was a turd. (laughs) He probably ate sloppy steaks. Sloppy steaks. (laughs) He used to be a piece of shit. Used to be a piece of shit. That baby, Hudson. If you were given if Hudson could tell that he was he used to be a piece of shit. Uh, Did you finish that show, by the way? Almost, yes. (laughs) Slop him up real good. Oh, by the way, if you haven't watched, I think you should leave. You should watch it. Jasmine is clueless during this time. I think that's like the third time we've mentioned that. Anyway, so pissed off, you know, Brett just keeps on, man. He's working on the knee of gold dust. You know, the sharpshooter's coming. 
Um, dude, we were talking about how one of your favorite spots, Mike, is that knee spot where you prop the leg he hates up it. He hates on it. the rope and just, he just does like a Rikishi style splash on his knee. I understand how they do it and protect themselves. I don't understand it how makes, more guys don't yeah. get hurt physiologically because like makes all it takes cringe. you to do is and a PCL. Your, your, right? your, your knee could be relaxed, but if you just tighten your hip up in anticipation of it, like then it's not going to allow your knee to freaking yeah. do it. And like, yeah, it's, it was well, a lateral collateral move. Oh, an LCL. Yeah. 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 But, um, cookies like, yeah, an LCL. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. I know where it is. Like, <laughs> no, you don't. Cookie. Cookie. But the match cookies like, on. I hurt my AC joint in my knee and the, the, the rugby match the other day. He's going to be massaging a 14 year old. <laughs> a white boy. Yeah. Stop it. Move on. Carry on. <laughs> They just call me G Money. <laughs> Bitch, you're 13. Did, did you go by Christian when you, or did you go by Cookie? Did you introduce yourself as Christian? No one, no one knows my name is Cookie in Colorado. It's Christian, okay. except for Diane and yeah. Chase. Except for Diane. does Chase call you Cookie? Cook. He calls me Cook. Does Diane call you Cook? Only no, a, she calls oh, me Chris. Only the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep on moving. Keep on moving. Sorry, right. Diane. Back, back, back to the match. Yeah, so Brett's whipping ass. You know the shooter's coming. Um, and he tries to get it a couple times. And like you said, Brett never really goes outside the ring unless he has to. And he winds up outside the ring because Goldust does this cheeky little kick and, like, actually kicks him over the top rope while he's trying to lock in a shooter. It's pretty badass. We also get a figure four around the ring post. And it was a pretty badass spot as well. And you have the ref yelling at him, to, come on, Brett. Let him go. Let it go. And he goes, <laughs> Brett goes, why? <laughs> <laughs> Keeps on rich. But for real, though, why? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> Start counting if you want me to let it go. We get back to the ring where eventually he does lock in that sharpshooter, of course. Um, Goldust taps out immediately. Uh, and then we have our, uh, our uh, still champ, Brett Hart, kind of just, you know, doing his thing. Then out comes a bunch of people. <laughs> Actually, who comes out first? Shawn Michaels attacks him because he's already out there. Because he's a piece he's of shit. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> he runs in, attacks. Uh, to his rescue comes Jim the Anvil Nightheart, That's part right. of the Heart Foundation. Who who looks like your... Just like my buddy Josh. I mean, we say that every single uncanny. time. Uncanny. <laughs> comes, comes right at him. We get the Undertaker out there. We get... Uh, all kinds of people. We get the bulldog out there. Ooh, we get a, uh, top class. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just a, like it's a, they just do one for one, matching each other. You know who's got who's back in the locker room, and uh, Taker clears a ring in true Taker fashion, leaving Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart facing him, where he double choke slams the both of them. That's right. Yeah. Do you think the guys that came out to help? Yeah, like each individual guy actually were on like Team Brett, Team Sean. Oh, okay. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. Like some of those uh... click bitches and the Heart Foundation. Oh wow! All right, all right. Let's Good get to match, that. Though. You know, match. man, I have not heard a, a delightful poem from you in about three weeks. Let, let's get it. Let's let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Marlena Randolph. <laughs> <laughs> I love this already. So, oh, I forgot to mention the worst comment that King makes during the match. Oh. Says, Marlena didn't know there was a front seat to a car until she was 20 years old. <laughs> Dude, that uh, King, Jesus Christ. And that was, that's too old for King. Uh, yeah. yeah, that boy. Yeah. Yes, Cookie. 
I was gonna say, what is he implying here? Can y'all uh, just, just double check? Just to double check, you can take it out if you want. Like, it's, she's she's doing it in the back. In the that's back all seat. she's doing. It is doing it in the back seat. You know, uh-huh. King, you like some young. Okay, yeah, he does. That's what, yeah, God, Jesus, King. Anyway, Marlena, she ran off. Marlena ran off. Hitman's looking for a fight. Dust gets the shooter. That's right. That's you saw right. it coming. You knew it was coming. You saw it coming. <clears throat> Crowd went wild. What you didn't see coming was next week. We're going to get back to spooky time just because it's Halloween era. We're going to have, our, of course, our annual. I got a burp. <laughs> Halloween Havoc episode in a couple weeks. That, that's usually the last week of. So we, we will do it. We might even record it on Halloween this year. Ooh, spooky. Ooh, this what are you going to be for Halloween, Aaron? What am I going to be? I am going to be a uh, COVID survivor patient, <laughs> 35 years old with a cat that I take to coffee shops and run a delightful Terry the Tailless Instagram account. That should be spot on. It should be spot on. A man child, some would say. <laughs> yes, Cookie. Most would say. Uh, one more thing, just to put a nail in the coffin for the Bret Hart episode, man. Uh, after watching that very last match, you know, Goldust and Bret Hart or whatever, I really have realized that I used to like Shawn Michaels a lot more than I like Bret Hart. But after all of this knowledge, fuck Shawn Michaels. Yes. <laughs> Bret Hart is fucking amazing. So Michael. some people, and, and I was actually listening to, I spoiler alert, I listened to a lot of the Jim Cornette podcast. And somebody... Uh, sent in a question and said, why has Sean's work not aged as well as Brett's work? Yeah. And Brett's work maybe not as appreciated then as it is now. And Sean, who did lay the foundation for a lot of flippy stuff that have to come, a lot of the young bucks and stuff like that. But Brett is so much easier to appreciate now than he was maybe 15 years ago when people are like, man, Bret Hart, he's boring. But now I'm like, yeah. I want to see more Bret Hart's and less Shawn Michaels. Oh, yeah. 100%. Next week, do you guys want to do a Dan Housen episode? Can we do a Dan Housen episode? I've never seen a Dan Housen match. Let's do it. Let's do a Dan Housen match episode next week on $2 Steak. It'll be a very nice, very evil, lots of teeth, an incredible episode of $2 Steak. <laughs> a professional wrestling podcast.